It is Wednesday, December 9th. This is Jaguars Happy Hour. Jaguars Happy Hour is presented by Fields Auto Group. And now, newly promoted AAA middle reliever, J.P. Shadrick. By the Fields Auto Group, J.P. Shadrick with you. We have a busy show ahead today. As always on Wednesday, Bucky Brooks from NFL Network joins us. John Osier from Jaguars.com joins us as well, senior writer for the Jags. We'll get a scout's view of Mike Glennon. First time out, pretty good. Last time out, wasn't as good. He'll get a start this week against Tennessee. We'll get Bucky's take on that. 11 straight losses now for the Jaguars, trying to really play spoiler the rest of the way for a lot of these teams fighting for playoff spots. The first place Titans among those, they're coming to town this Sunday with Derrick Henry and all the rest. The uniform unveiling, Jimmy Luck will join us at 4.30 to show off what the Jags will wear at home this Sunday. And we'll play big game Jaguar as we go into week 14 of the NFL season. Bucky Brooks, John Osher with us now. Bucky out in Los Angeles. What's up, man? Man, everything is good. It's all good, JP. My man, John, over there looking very festive. Very festive in Osher. I like that. <laughs> it's, it's John's favorite time of year, and he never disappoints with the Christmas decorations. I'll say that. <laughs> I love it. Is that an elf on the shelf? I think that's an elf on the shelf. But uh, <laughs> now, did it move in the last day? Or is it just, yeah, the whole idea, I think, is to move the elf every day, right, John? <laughs> He's dead, JP. He can't move. <laughs> oh, oh wow. Well, okay. He, he didn't quite make it to the holidays. Well,. Yeah. Uh, let's let's get to it. Let's start off. Speaking of, you know, the, the Jaguars are, are struggling right now, obviously. 11 straight losses. There was a five-minute window on Sunday where the Jags had a moment where the Jets had the lead on the Raiders. And then they didn't have the lead on the Raiders anymore. And it was right in the same time frame of overtime and everything going on with the Jags. So there was a lot going on in that five-minute period until the Hail Mary and the Jets screwed up everything for us, Bucky. I know. I know, JP, and it's tough for me because I was sitting there watching. Um, I had the Jets game in the lower box, and I'm watching it like, oh, they may give up the number one overall pick. But then I'm watching us, and we're getting ready to kick off overtime, and I'm, I'm torn because there's a part of me that was like, you know, it would be nice to have uh, an opportunity to get that lottery ticket at Trevor Lawrence, but it didn't work out. We'll see. We'll see if the Jets can stumble upon another win, and we just kind of see how it plays out for us. Well, John, it cost the defensive coordinator his job in New York this week. Well, I think it had to. I mean, I, Greg Williams had a lot of success. That call, obviously, it is what he is. I've never covered Greg, but I've covered Greg's teams enough to know that's what he does. He wasn't trying to tank. He wasn't trying to lose. I get the conspiracy theories. You know, say hello to Tupac and Elvis for me. You know, all those <laughs> things. I get what fans are thinking, but that was what he was. But, you know, after that call, uh, I guess they had to make a move. But, I mean, I still say I, I was into it, JP. I, I'm not going to lie. I wasn't watching that game. I was watching the Jags because that's what we do. But I had a score tracker on. And when the Raiders scored, I was like, ah, come on. But 
I'm still not convinced with four games to go that this team's not going to win again, meaning the Jaguars. The last four weeks, they've played three playoff teams where you can make an argument that they should have won, been in overtime, whatever. This team, I think, may play its way out of that on its own rather than depending on the Jets. Yeah, they're playing hard, Bucky. I mean, they're, they're in yeah. some close ball games down the stretch. Just can't finish. No, I just can't finish. And I think that's where the talent kind of takes over. Um, you can get a, you can cover a lot of ground playing harder than the other team, doing things, hustling, and and doing all those other things. But at at the end of the day, typically the most talented team wins. And what we're seeing, some of these game deciding plays, the other guy is just more talented than our guy right now. And I think there's some lessons to be learned, obviously, from this season. The team is sticking together. Doug Marone does have these guys playing hard, and that's a credit and testament to him and his staff. But right now, just a notch below what you, where you need to be to compete with some of the top teams in the league. And JP, right, guys, let's get to it. Yes, John. I think to play into what Bucky said, I completely agree. Talent plays a role at the end. I also think experienced talent wins out. I think the Jaguars have some talent that in a year might be making plays to win these games. It just strikes me that it's a combination of what Bucky said and there not quite being enough guys who have made those plays before in big situations. You hope somebody makes one at some point so they can learn how that's done. And now I interrupted, JP. Go ahead with the show. No, no. No, that's, a, that's a, an ex, outstanding point, John. Thank you very much. Because the only way you get experience is to go get experience. Let's start with a guy who has some experience in the NFL at quarterback. Mike Glennon will get the start again this week for the Jaguars' third week in a row, John. And, you know, the outing his first time out was pretty good. Last time out, you see it there. A couple interceptions, lost to fumble, sacked for a safety in the fourth quarter. And he threw that overtime interception that set up the, the final drive for Minnesota to win the game on a field goal in the final minutes of overtime. But it's Mike Glennon again this week. And I get the feeling, John, that it's going to be Mike Glennon for a little while here, if not the, the whole rest of the way. Well, I, I, I said when Jake Luton was playing that he was going to have, have to have a disastrous game for Minshew to come back. Well, he had the disastrous game against Pittsburgh and they put Glennon in. I think the same way about Glennon and, and you can call Sunday disastrous if you want. The overtime interception was disastrous. The fumble was disastrous, but I don't think it, it remotely reached that point, especially when you consider that Glennon had a really good drive at the end of the game. To me, and I want a lot of Bucky's thoughts on this in the show, so I'm not gonna belabor it, but I do think that Glennon is doing a lot of things the coaches like, particularly taking shots downfield, throwing balls beyond the 15-yard range that, frankly, Gardner wasn't doing, and that was why the offense felt constricted. I feel like no matter what the interceptions are, that they like the fact that he's taking those shots and has the arm to do it. That's my thought on it, but I really want to hear Bucky's on Mike Glennon. Yeah, I think there's some comfort in Mike Glennon because you're Jay Gruden, um, you're trying to win a game. You want someone who can basically give you every option at the line of scrimmage. Well, Mike Glennon can do that. He's played enough where he understands how to manage the game at the line of scrimmage. He has the 
confidence and the composure to be able to manage the situations that may pop up in the huddle. And frankly, he he's played better than the other two guys. I know that he melted down a little bit at the end of the Jacksonville game, but any backup quarterback, when you get to about 40 to 42 throws, they're not meant to throw it that much. That's why they're a backup quarterback. And so that's not his thing. But the way that he started the first half, the way that he was very efficient and effective getting the ball to a bunch of different receivers, that's the way that this offense wants to look. If Jay Gruden can continue to get that kind of effort from Mike Glennon and maybe lean on the running game just a little bit more, that is a recipe for the Jaguars to win. Mike Glennon gives them their best chance of victory, and I respect to see him be the starting quarterback the rest of the way unless he just has an epic meltdown that I just can't foresee happening. Yeah, it would take something. Um, I mean, I don't even really want to speculate on what it would take because you just have to see it to really know at that point uh, that they'd really have to make that move again. Part of that is the receiver core as well. And there's been a few weeks here where DJ Chark has scuffled a bit. He was inactive a couple weeks ago against uh, Cleveland, but he came back last week. They targeted him seven times. But Johnny only had two catches in the game, 41 yards. You know, there was that sense of frustration early in the year from him that we saw when when Minshew was out there as the quarterback. Or this is really early in the season. The things just weren't going great for him. And then uh, how do they get him back on track down the stretch here, John? Yeah, I don't know. I, I didn't sense that same level of frustration the other day from DJ. And uh, Doug talked about it today, Doug Marone, that he's really overall handled some tough situations well i think it was doug it may have been jay everything runs together when you're one and 11 jp but it, it correct he talked about how he really dj has handled this well uh and that he's a very unselfish player i honestly don't know how to get him the ball more because they've been doing that there were games where Minshew was playing and luton was playing i think there was one number that over a two-game stretch it was 21 targets uh, mm -hmm. So when it was discussed today, there was a feeling that it was a lot of different things. Some DJ, some the quarterback, some just not being quite on the same page. Uh, it's a mystery to me, but the scouts take is here for a reason. Yeah, no, it, it, it's funny because DJ, um, he has seven targets. But sometimes when you have a talented player like DJ, somewhere on your call sheet, there's a get the ball to the chart. Let's make sure that we get him an easy touch, whether that's a quick screen, uh, a hitch, an isolated route where he can touch the ball. The main thing that you want to make sure that you do each and every week is you keep your number one player engaged. Because if he goes for a long stretch and then in the fourth quarter you need him and he hasn't touched the ball at that point, then it becomes a problem. He get, he's getting coverage loaded his way. He's getting some, some things to really eliminate him from the progression. But it's on Jay Gruden to find a way to make sure that he keeps him engaged by making sure he gets enough touches each week. You know, that, that window you're talking about, John, was the, the two games going into the bye week against Detroit and at the Chargers, where he had 14 targets against Detroit, seven against the Chargers. And then after the bye, the week after that, he had 12 targets in that game. Uh, so those three games combined, he only had 15 catches, though. So there was a lot of footballs going his way, but it, they just weren't coming in. Now... The last couple of weeks, a guy who has stepped up at wide receiver to, to help out Glennon has been the rookie, Colin Johnson, out of the University of Texas. We know his height, six foot six. He said today his last vertical leap that he had measured was 38 inches. So put that on top of six foot six. 
he can go up and get it. And there was some conversation this week that maybe, I think Doug Marone said this, you know, he's a smart guy. Maybe he was just thinking too much. Just go out and play and let your size and your ability uh, go stand out. And John, it feels like that's what he's done the last couple of weeks. Yeah, it, it's changed a little bit. I think it's gotten a little less really, really difficult for receivers to adjust. But the Justin Jefferson stories in the NFL are rare. It's a hard position to adapt to, especially when you remember no preseason games, no offseason program. Defensive end and wide receiver, I thought, would be the two positions that really impacted. It feels like that was the case with Colin Johnson. You know, sometimes during rookie seasons, when I see observers and other media get excited about a guy, I sort of scoff a little bit and say, well, let's see. Can this guy really be that good? I got to be honest with you. I'm bought in on Colin Johnson more than I would be a normal rookie. The talent, the persona of this guy, I haven't met him because we're all virtual, but everything I've heard and seen from him, he might be a true sleeper pick. Usually the sleeper picks don't show this much as rookies to make you think it's for real. Bucky, I think Colin Johnson might be for real. Oh, I think he absolutely is for real. Uh, just to give some backstory on Colin Johnson, heading into his final year at Texas, he was rated as one of the top wide receivers in the class. There were big expectations for him to make a jump. His teammate, Devin Duvernay, basically stole his thunder, had over 100 receptions his final year at Texas, and Colin suffered through some injuries, just didn't get on the field and couldn't perform at a high level. But four-star four, four star recruit coming out of high school, five-star, had length, had athleticism, had leaping ability. All the things that we're seeing him do now that is what he did very early in his career at Texas. And so sometimes when we talk about a sleeper pick, a guy that is picked on day three is not necessarily he was picked on day three because he wasn't good. It's because something happened during his final year that prevented him from showing all of his talents. We're now seeing those talents on full display. And I think the Jaguars should be excited because when I think about Chark, Johnson, Chenault, I think this is a very, very solid young wide receiver core that you can build around. Yeah, it's good news. Bucky, I don't want to jump the gun. The I'm sorry, JP. You good? I don't want to jump the gun, but can he be a one physically? Is his ceiling you know, that high or is it a two? Well, I mean, I think conservatively you say he can be a two, but there's no reason why he couldn't be. If you think about Cortland Sutton in Denver, the big body playmaker coming from SMU. I think Colin Johnson has some similarities in that. I think the thing that we want to see down the stretch, as he continues to make noise, how does he handle when defenses really start paying attention to him? Now, in a perfect world, maybe you have 1A and 1B with Johnson and Chark, and then maybe Chenault is just your wild card playmaker. But really, when you're the Jaguars, you have to feel good about the three young guys that you've been developing. Yeah, that's a, a thing I think we talked about on Monday night's uh, Jaguars happy hour with Briscoe and Baselli. You know, there's you don't necessarily have to have a, a number one guy. I don't think the Steelers have a number one, true number one receiver right now. If you have three pretty darn good receivers, you can do some things on the offensive side of the ball, Bucky. Well, I mean, we saw that. We saw it in Minnesota. Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson, they alternate responsibilities as the number one. 
Normally when that happens, it's a couple of things. Either you have a excellent quarterback who is fair and balanced when it comes to the distribution, or you have a system in place that just creates opportunities. Jay Gruden runs a system that is very similar to his brothers, and that system can create opportunities for a guy to be elevated as a number one. I think it could be the perfect world with those two guys being talented and being able to kind of stake ownership in a co-number one role. All right, guys, let's come back. We'll preview the running back matchup this week. Derrick Henry, the league's leading rusher, and James Robinson, number three on the league's rushing list this year. A little later, 4.30, Jimmy Luck will join us as well. We'll play big game Jaguar before the day is done also. Jaguars Happy Hour is brought to you by Fields Cadillac of Jacksonville and Fields Cadillac St. Augustine, members of the Fields Auto Group. We're off and running on Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network. You can step up to luxury now. Hello, I'm Dan Fields. Whatever you're driving, you can step up to luxury now. Plus, get our Fields amenities, which include complimentary loaners, car washes, and our cafes. Make this your year to step up to luxury at Fields Cadillac, Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Land Rover, Jaguar, and Lexus. When it comes to the ultimate car buying experience, there's only one name that matters. Fields. And Fields matters because you matter. The Fields Auto Group, proud partners of your Jacksonville Jaguars. Committed to the team. Committed to the mission. At Navy Mutual, we're committed to providing high-quality life insurance to members of the military and their families. So our policies have no fine print and no military service restrictions. We don't work on commission. We're nonprofit, so we pass the savings along to our members. Because at Navy Mutual, our highest commitment is to you. Visit NavyMutual.org. Navy Mutual, ensuring those who serve. DreamFinders Homes has a simple commitment to their home buyers. Deliver unsurpassed quality, uncompromising value, and an extraordinary level of customization you simply won't find with other home builders. With over 40 communities to choose from, you'll find a location you love and the home of your dreams. DreamFinders has townhomes, single-family homes, and custom estate homes starting from the high 100s and a wide selection of move-in ready homes. Quality, value, customization. That's the DreamFinders difference. Call 904-738-0165 or online at DreamFindersHomes.com. DreamFinders Homes, the official home builder of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Prices subject to change without notice equal housing opportunity jaguars happy hour is presented in part by tiaa bank created to serve built to perform Publix, where shopping is a pleasure and baptist health changing health care for good Farah and Farah remind you to continue to wear a mask, help prevent the spread of COVID-19. Farah and Farah protecting you and your family since 1979. And welcome back to Jaguars Happy Hour, presented by the Fields Auto Group. J.P. Shadrick with Bucky Brooks and John Osher. The Jags and the division rival Titans coming up Sunday at TIAA Bank Field, a 1 o'clock kickoff time. The game presented by PRI Productions. And... You know, we, we did not mention James Robinson in the opening segment, so let's get to him now. It's a great running back matchup this week. James Robinson, of course, uh, third in the league in rushing and just continues to churn out yardage both on the ground and through the air. You see his numbers there, 4.6 yard per carry average this year. And as we've said on here before, he's, he's always going forward. Of the 212 carries, only 12 
are for negative yardage now. He only had one negative rush last week. And he's a steal. He's been a steal all year. And John, I think you said it earlier in the season. You know, he's not good for a rookie. He's not good for an undrafted player. He's just a good running back. And he's a guy you can build around for the long term here, it feels like. Yeah, I have a question for the scout at the end of this, obviously, because I love picking Bucky's brain. But to me, what Doug said today about James Robinson is the most amazing thing about him, the consistency week to week. He has never really had a bad game with the Jaguars. He's had a few games where he hasn't been as productive when early in the season they couldn't quite get to him because they were so far behind. They didn't quite know what he was. But he's never been unproductive. And at 4.6, it's amazing how you can keep that thing around 4.5 when you never have any negatives. What strikes me, and and I haven't examined the defenses enough to know how right this is, but he's having this kind of a year without any breakaway runs. So he doesn't pad it with 85-yard runs. It's just consistency. And it seems he must be doing it against stacked defenses at this point. Bucky, that's the question. How much are teams stacking and designing things to stop him now, and how good has he been against that? And the Jaguars' offensive line, frankly. He's been good, and the O-line has been good when they've been able to run the football. I think the best part of the Jaguars' offense has been their running game and their ability to set up some complimentary play passes. James Robinson is as good as advertised. He's even better than you can imagine as an undrafted free agent. When you dig into his background, I think what we're seeing is past performance does predict future success. He gained 9,000 yards in high school, 2,000 yards his final season in college. He comes to the league. He exceeds all expectations, wins the starting job before we even get to the field, and he has played like a high-level pick. And so the production has always been there. His ability to sense what is needed is beyond his experience and his, his years in the league. And so when I hear 12 negative runs over the course of a season, that's remarkable because when you don't lose yardage, it is a huge benefit to the offense. It also encourages the offensive coordinator to give you the ball more. And his steady and consistent production has really been a bright spot to this offense. I can't imagine how good he can be when you fix some of the offensive line issues and surround him with a quarterback that can consistently make big plays. This guy's really, really, really talented. And as he said last week, you know, it's the equivalent of a college season right now. And I think, John, we touched on this last week, too. You know, it doesn't feel like he's going to slow down. I mean, we hear about the rookie wall and all that all the time. But with this guy and the way he prepares and goes about his business, it doesn't feel like that's going to happen for him. Well, you wouldn't think. He's only got four games left, and you haven't seen signs of it yet. And I've thrown out the Emmett Smith analogy. I had a reader throw out a good one a couple of uh, weeks ago. Maybe Curtis Martin. You know, these guys who aren't necessarily spectacular, but they never seem to take hits. So their body doesn't wear down. To me, you know, you talk about a quarterback having field vision and football sense. That's how James Robinson runs. He runs like he knows where more defenders are than most running backs do. And he's got great vision with it. For all those reasons, I don't see him slowing down because nothing's been fluky. He doesn't have any games where, like, I'm not knocking Leonard Fournette, but some of Fournette's big games with the Jaguars were, you know, 
15 yards, I mean, 15 carries for 20 yards, and then a 65-yard run. Well, mm. James Robinson doesn't have any of that. All of his are eight, four, seven, six, one, two. That's consistency, and, it, and I don't think you need fluke to do that. I don't see him slowing down. No, I, I will say this. You brought up Curtis Martin, which I think is a great uh, example of comparison. How about I throw out Frank Gore? Because when you look at Frank mm -hmm. Gore and you look at their body types, they're very, very similar. Um, I think he's a more natural pass catcher than Curtis Martin. I think that's where the Frank Gore comes from. And I'm talking about vintage Frank Gore, 2005, uh, 6, 7, in, in, in the 2000s when he's really kind of getting it going. I think James Robinson has some of that ability. And I think if you're a decision maker and as you're building your team, I think you feel great about your number one spot at running back. Now it's about how can we build the rest of this offense to make sure that we have a running game that highlights and elevates him while having a passing game that um, elevates and extenuates whatever the quarterback is able to do whenever we bring that guy in. All right, we move from James Robinson to the other side of the ball for the Jags. Last week, the Jaguars' defense, I think, played pretty well in general in that game. Dalvin Cook, the second leading rusher in the NFL last week, uh, was held to 120 yards. You say held to 120 yards, but over 32 carries, a 3.8 average. They didn't really let him break away for any big runs. His longest run in the game was 12 yards. And he's a guy that can uh, explode on you and go for long distances. Well, speaking of guys who can explode and go long distances, Derrick Henry comes to town this week. And he's the league's leading rusher. And we know firsthand what can happen when he breaks contain, gets outside against little guys, and starts pushing them around with his left and right hand and running down the field. That's when he's really dangerous, obviously. Uh, and... and you know, I think early in the year, this was a different defense back in week two, obviously, John, but their focus certainly early in the season was to slow down the run in general. And they made that a focal point in the week two game against Tennessee, and they held him pretty pretty tight in that game, 25 carries for 84 yards, John. Yeah, and it felt sort of similar to some of the other Jaguars games in the sense that a concerted effort to stop the run, a very good job doing it, and then at the end of that game, Henry kind of got some of his, which he's going to do. What's concerning about Henry this week to me with the Jaguars, for the last couple of weeks, you've seen a little bit of a pattern, which isn't surprising. Against Cleveland, good run defense, good run defense. And then in the second half, it got away from him because Cleveland kept doing what they do. Minnesota sort of did the same thing. Stopped Dalvin Cook. I don't think he was as good against the Jaguars as the Browns were, but in overtime, the stamina of the Jaguars' defensive line, the stoutness sort of gave way. That's what happens when you're thin and not deep enough and not stout enough up front of the defensive interior. That happened a lot to the Jaguars last year. It feels like that's a danger this year because, I mean, uh, this week, Titans aren't going to stop running Derrick Henry. They're going to keep running him and running him and running him. In the fourth quarter, when that stamina goes down, that's when it could get very dangerous against Derrick Henry. He's a very dangerous runner, and the best thing that you can do for those kind of runners, you got to stop him in their tracks. He is a guy that needs a bit of a runway to get going. He's a long strider. Um, in my day, I would say he, he's very reminiscent of Eddie George. And so 
you have to attack those guys at the line of scrimmage. The worst thing that you can do with Derrick Henry is let him get to the second level clean because no one wants to have to come up and tackle a 245, 250-pound back over and over and over again. And the reason why you see him have so much success in the second half, when you run the ball with Derrick Henry, it's, a, it's, it's, it's similar to fighting a boxer who just wants to hit you with a bunch of body blows. And in the first half, you don't really sense anything. But as we get into those later rounds, those body blows move you around a little bit. Defensive backs don't want to have to tackle a big guy in the third and fourth quarter. It is just a physical nightmare. And so if you can stop him early, if you can get a lead, if you can take that out of the equation, that's the best way to thwart the Tennessee Titans. Now, of course, when Derrick Henry runs the ball as effectively as he can, that opens up the passing game for Tennessee. And Ryan Tannehill's been a huge part of their success, of course, this season, the way he has played at the quarterback position. You see his numbers there. He's right on target to uh, j jump above 3,000 yards this week. Uh, touchdown interception ratio is fantastic. He's been over 100 rating in eight games this year. But it works in tandem, right, guys? I mean, if, if you have the that run game established, you can play action off of that, John, and Tannehill has a second life as a quarterback of the NFL now in Tennessee. Yeah, he fits what they do. A.J. Brown's also really good. Corey Davis yep. is coming along. They have a really good, really tough offense to stop. And I think it's important not to overlook how good Tannehill has been at times. It's really not just the Derrick Henry show. There have been times where Tannehill carries him. More concerning for the Titans, I think we'll get to this in a second, their defense is not what they hoped it would be. It's not a Tennessee defense like you're used to seeing, that stout toughness, the great pass rush. Offensively, though, if they don't get behind like they did last week, once they get ahead, they're brutal to stop because they have so many weapons. You can't bunch up on one thing against this team. To me, A.J. Brown may be one of the more underrated receivers in the NFL. Yeah, John, uh, you, you hit the nail on the head. This is a very balanced uh, offense. A.J. Brown is terrific. Uh, you didn't mention John o. Smith, but John o. Smith is another fantastic player. And I think the thing that you want to watch, uh, Ryan Tannehill is outstanding off play action. But when he throws off play action, he wants to attack the seams because the Jaguars have traditionally been a cover three or a single high safety man team, those seams are the first thing that you look for when you're facing those defenses. It is important that the second level defenders do a great job of playing with eyes and vision. They have to cut off those big plays because if they can run it and generate the explosive plays, you have a tough time of slowing down this Tennessee Titans offense. That's why we've seen over the years some Tennessee Titans tight ends have some big games against this Jaguars team. Uh, John o. Smith had two touchdowns in the game back in, in week two, if you'll remember. And uh, Smith was inactive last week. I think he had a knee issue. We'll see what his status is uh, for the game moving ahead. Uh, let's come back in a moment. We'll, uh, we'll touch on the Jaguars uh, defense or the uh, Titans defense a little bit later. Uh, Jimmy Luck scheduled to join us here in just a moment. And we'll play big game Jaguar as well. Plenty to get to. And we're about halfway home. It's Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network. You can step up to luxury now. Hello, I'm Dan Fields. 
Whatever you're driving, you can step up to luxury now. Plus, get our Fields amenities, which include complimentary loaners, car washes, and our cafes. Make this your year to step up to luxury at Fields Cadillac, Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Land Rover, Jaguar, and Lexus. When it comes to the ultimate car buying experience, there's only one name that matters. Fields. And Fields matters because you matter. The Fields Auto Group, proud partners of your Jacksonville Jaguars. Dreamfinders Homes has a simple commitment to their home buyers. Deliver unsurpassed quality, uncompromising value, and an extraordinary level of customization you simply won't find with other home builders. With over 40 communities to choose from, you'll find a location you love and the home of your dreams. Dreamfinders has townhomes, single-family homes, and custom estate homes starting from the high 100s and a wide selection of move-in ready homes. Quality, value, customization, that's the Dreamfinders difference. Call 904-738-0165 or online at dreamfindershomes.com. Dreamfinders Homes, the official home builder of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Prices subject to change without notice equal housing opportunity you won't find a better deal to keep your ride clean than scrubble's flexible service car wash start in the tunnel wash and experience state-of-the-art equipment while enjoying a soapy light show our quality soaps and solutions keep your vehicle streak free every three-minute car wash package comes with self-serve vacuuming lint-free towels window cleaner and a free air freshener visit us at the st john's town center fleming island and atlantic beach and coming soon to kernan in atlantic Trust the bow tie. You'll know quality once you arrive. Go Jags! Jaguars Happy Hour is presented in part by DreamFinders Homes. Homes that fit your lifestyle. Next Grill. Everyone's invited. And Adeco. Visit adecousa.com. Welcome back, Jaguars Happy Hour, presented by the Fields Auto Group. On Wednesday afternoon, the Jaguars and the Titans coming up in week 14 at TIAA Bank Field. The game presented by BRI Productions. The Jags at 1-11, the Titans in first place at 8-4. J.P. Shadrick, Bucky Brooks, John Osher. And this is the point of every Wednesday program where James Carl Luck IV joins us, the head equipment manager for the Jacksonville Jaguars from TIAA Bank Field. And let me start off by wishing Jimmy Luck a happy early birthday. Tomorrow is your 39th birthday. Somewhere in, the, in that ballpark. Happy birthday. How will you celebrate, Jimmy? Um, probably just... Uh going back home trying to stay kind of somewhat uh in the quarantine uh you know we, we got to get through the last couple weeks here but uh we'll wait till the end of the year then we'll get together and celebrate jp i'm gonna guess that electric smoker is gonna be rolling tomorrow night <laughs> <laughs> might get a little bit going on there it depends on what time we get out of here i like that all right maybe, so maybe we'll uh, do it on saturday. back we'll home do it saturday. oh that sounds pretty good um all right so this is my cause, my cleats week. Uh, all the guys have different uh, organizations that they paint for their cleats to, to represent. Uh, this is the home game for it, so the Jags will wear theirs this week. How much is the equipment staff involved in that? I know Adriel Roca from the foundation has a, a big hand in this as well, but if it involves cleats, it involves you guys too. Yeah, a little bit. I mean, uh, Adriel obviously does the heavy lifting. This is uh, one of his, you know, things that – foundation does um you know it brings a lot of awareness to players foundations and stuff so adriel works a lot with the players and and gets all that done we basically just make sure they've got the shoes that they want and we get them to him and you know he gets with the players with what they want on there um we'll give them some feedback a little bit from prior years um 
you know, we try to help them out by getting like a, like an all white shoe, maybe a little easier to paint. Um, but again, you know, like I said, he, he does all that and, you know, hats off to him for getting all that together. So, you know, this is one where you're coming back home and it's December and, uh, the weather forecast this week, what are we looking at? Should be pretty nice. Um, you know, this is, I guess the, at least I feel like some of the best times, you know, a little cool in the morning, not too hot in the afternoon. Um, I think it's supposed to be around mid seventies, um, right in the middle of uh, the cool front we got now and one coming in after, but, uh, we should be okay. Maybe a few clouds, um, tiny percent chance of rain, but it should be a nice day out there at the bank. I like that. Coming up Sunday, week 14, the Jaguars and the Tennessee Titans, my claws, my cleats week. Now, have you, have we gone through every possible combination of uniform this year or what's left on the, on the sheet that we haven't got to yet? Um, there's uh, I guess we've got one more. We haven't, we haven't done yet that we may get to a little further down the road. Uh, we hadn't done the white jerseys in the teal pants yet. Um, so we, we may see that at some point soon. Not sure yet. <laughs> okay. Le All right. Bit, I like the teaser. guessing out there. I must say, there was a buzz, John, after last week's appearance on Here by Jimmy on social media uh, about the, the whole idea of possible changes in the next year or two. I mean, I, I didn't have any tweets the rest of the week that blew up like that one did, John. That was huge. Well, people like uniforms, man. They may not like Jimmy, but they like uh, what he does. Uh, I am. I really don't like all the changing uniforms. I'm not that guy. I kind of wish just, just stick with it and stick with you know. I would. I like Alabama's uniforms, JP. Just the old school stuff. Yes. But then again, I'm old, so I'm fine. Jimmy, you keep doing what you do. I like you, even if people don't. Well, I, I appreciate that. And uh, like I say, I don't, I don't, <laughs> I didn't mean to create a buzz. I just said it was, you know, a possibility. I don't know where all that stands, but, um, you know, we'll, we've got what we got this year and then whatever happens in the off season, you know, happens. Um, yep. But yeah, we're, Oof. we're, um, you know, this back half of the season wearing black at home. So, but we'll see what happens in the future. He's reeling, reeling it back. back in from reeling <laughs> it back in from last week. That's okay. That's okay. All right. Well, let's get to this week. The Jaguars and the Tennessee like, Titans, a division away, I away rival. Everything. I mean, we got to keep the show no. going for next year and everything. So we got to dangle I, some carrots. I like that. Yes. You know, you, you bump the bait a little bit and see what bites. It makes sense. Hey, let's get to this week's game. And what will the Jaguars wear this week, Jimmy, please? All right. So since we're at home, and like I said earlier, we've got the back half. We're, uh, so we're going with the black black jerseys. Uh, Colin Johnson had a big game last week, big game Jaguars. Yes, he did. And uh, the players really liked it, so we're going to roll back with the black on black. So they were pretty fired up about All that right. last week. So we'll go back on uh, black on black. Very nice. And yes, that's a good choice this week. Colin Johnson, last couple of weeks, has stepped out and played pretty well for the Jags. A, a big threat down the field, big height, and uh, the leaping ability and everything. So there you have it. Black on black. Uh, Jimmy, happy early birthday tomorrow. Enjoy the day. And uh, there Appreciate you have it. it. Black on black. We'll talk to you again next week, Jimmy. All right. Thanks, guys. Jimmy Luck joining us. Head equipment manager. 
Here's Dewan Smoot, by the way. He had a big game last week as well. He leads the team in sacks, quarterback hits, and is tied for the team lead in tackles for loss this year. We're back in a moment. We'll play big game Jaguar and much more. It's Jaguar's Happy Hour presented by the Fields Auto Group and the Jaguar's Digital Network. You can step up to luxury now. Hello, I'm Dan Fields. Whatever you're driving, you can step up to luxury now. Plus, get our Fields amenities, which include complimentary loaners, car washes, and our cafes. Make this your year to step up to luxury at Fields Cadillac, Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Land Rover, Jaguar, and Lexus. When it comes to the ultimate car buying experience, there's only one name that matters, Fields. And Fields matters because you matter. The Fields Auto Group, proud partners of your Jacksonville Jaguars. Why do you choose Farrah and Farrah? First, we have the financial resources to take on any insurance company. And our track record proves that we know how to win. Our attorneys and staff are a team, and we've worked together for decades. To us, our job is much more than just a paycheck. We love to help. And this is important. We never forget. It's not about us. It's all about you. Farrah and Farrah, Jacksonville. Jaguars fans, game day is back, and while it might look a little different this year, the good times, smooth drinks, and tailgate excitement will never change when you're cheering on the Jags with Jameson. So pull up a seat, pour a smooth Jameson, ginger, and lime, and enjoy game day with Jameson. Taste responsibly. Jameson Irish Whiskey. 40% alcohol by volume. 80 proof. Product of Ireland. Copyright 2020. Imported by John Jameson Import Company. New York, New York. Welcome back to Jaguars Happy Hour, presented by the Fields Auto Group. And remember to check out Jags at Home this Sunday, an interactive second screen experience on game day featuring Ashton Sullivan and Eric Dunn. Each Sunday you'll have a chance to win $10,000, that's right, in cash and prizes. They give some away at the end of each quarter. Visit jagsathome.com and get information on how you can play and you can win. J.P. Shadrick, Bucky Brooks, John Osier. Our thanks to Jimmy Luck for joining us. Uh, let's let's touch on the Titans' defense. We've we we mentioned them in passing. John, I know you did. This is a group that had uh, Jadavian Clowney, of course, but he's banged up now. They had Vic Beasley as well. They paid what twenty three million dollars, Bucky, for both those guys, and got zero Nothing. sacks out of zero. those guys. What's going on with the defense in Tennessee, Bucky? They look, they're struggling. They're just, they have an inability to generate pressure. And some of what we saw in Cleveland knocking off the Titans had to do with um, Baker Mayfield was pressured on only one of 33 dropbacks. And so when you wonder how he put up those numbers, it's because he basically was throwing seven on seven. He didn't feel the pass rush. They don't have the ability to get home. And so this is really a great opportunity for Jacksonville to air it out a little bit. The Tennessee Titans have been able to mask their defense by being great on offense, controlling the clock, using the running game, and those things. But if you can even the terms and slow down their offense and make this defense really have to play in, I would say, gotta-have-it situations, they've proven time and time again they do not have the ability to get home. And that is very problematic for a team that is also a little leaky in the back end. John, that's not good news for a postseason run if they're going to get in the playoffs, right? Especially in the AFC. No, and 
You can do it that way, outscoring everybody. It's hard to do it that way two or three times in a row. I think they're last, if, if I'm not mistaken, they're last in the league in third down defense. Well, that goes hand in hand with not being able to rush the passer. That's usually a, a co-joined stat, if you will. They knew in the offseason they needed help there. It's why Beasley, Clowney, who were both, I would say reaches, but they were, there were concerns about both entering free agency or else they wouldn't have lasted that long, and Clowney in particular. Um, you know, it, I, I, I don't know how much it'll help the Jaguars because the Jaguars, I don't think they can match up score for score against the Titans, but it certainly would stand to reason that Glennon should have some more time and these receivers should have time to get up and down field against this Tennessee pass rush. All right, guys, it's time for Big Game Jaguar. We play it every week. You love it. You can't miss it. You got to have it. Let's get yours. Bucky, what do you have for us? Well, I'm going to go out on a limb, and I'm a, I got a surprise pick for everybody this week. I'm going to go with James Robinson. I'm going to go with the best no. offensive player, and I'm going to say they need to have a big game out of James Robinson. And the reason why he needs to show up big is because if he is running the rock effectively, it allows the Jaguars to play keep away from a dangerous Tennessee Titans offense. James Robinson, big game. He has to have one. That's a that's a shocker in my book. John, what do you got for us? Uh, JP, first I'm going to go some other Bucky uh, great picks. He's got the Chiefs in the Super Bowl, the Lakers <laughs> in the NBA championship. So he... He's a visionary is what Bucky is. So Warren he, uh, Buffett says go with the brand names. Invest in brand names. I'm that's right. Brand names. <laughs> yeah. That's right. And the I Yankees like in the World Series every year. So um, <laughs> I believe I went with Colin Johnson, JP. And you know, you frankly, did. this isn't that much more out there than Bucky's. So I'll take the grief. Uh, I think he is a guy who is starting to show that he has a chance to be productive every week. I'm not saying 100 yards. He hasn't done that yet. But the last couple of weeks, he has had big plays downfield. He's starting to figure out how to do that against this pass rush, against this defense. You know, I don't think the Jaguars have enough firepower to win it. I do think Colin Johnson has enough ability, and he's starting to peak a little bit. That he's, he's going to have big plays and maybe even get a couple touchdowns in this game. All right, there you have it. I'm going to go on the defensive side of the ball, and considering the way this Titans offense can do things to you, I'm going to go with Joe Schobert, the guy who calls the defense, the guy in the middle on the second level. Uh, you got to be in the right gaps, of course, and, and keep Derrick Henry contained and hit him in the backfield and do all that. So he's responsible for that. Uh, and then, as Bucky, as you said, uh, protect down the seams as well. Jonu Smith today, by the way, was limited with that knee issue at practice. So we'll see if he's back this week for Tennessee. But I'm going Joe Schobert because he needs a big game, and this defense obviously needs a big game in containing Henry, defending the seam, and there you have it. Big game Jaguar is in the books. Now James Robinson, Colin Johnson, and Joe Schobert, we really dug deep in this uh, episode today. For yeah. our big game Jaguars. Let's close. Yeah, we did, Bucky. We, we're digging deep. We've got, uh, what, three more of these to go. Or we're going to dig even deeper down the stretch, I think. Yes. The way we it's dig a little go. deeper. A little deeper. When you're, it's okay. It, it, we'll take it. Uh, let's finish today's show on a sad note. Uh, our colleague Mike Perkins works for the Jacksonville Jaguars. He's the director of video, for lack of a better term. He's the Mr. Everything over on the football side. 
He's been here since day one of the organization. Uh, his father is Ray Perkins, and Ray passed away last night at the age of 79. He was uh, what formerly was a, a, an end back in the old days, uh, wide receiver at the University of Alabama. Then he played in the National Football League with the Baltimore Colts under Don Shula. He was the head coach of the Giants from 79 to 82. He hired Parcells and Belichick. How about that? Then came to Alabama as the head coach after Bear Bryant left there to go to Tampa Bay. Uh, was an offensive coordinator in New England in the early 90s. Browns assistant in 99 and 2000 when the franchise came back. But uh, our, our condolences to the Perkins family. Ray passed away last night. I, I found this in my uh, little collection here from 1966, a game program for the Alabama LSU game, number 88, Ray Perkins on the cover. This was the year that uh, Ray was an All-America end for Bear Bryant, and the quarterback was uh, Steve Sloan that year. Uh, after before that, it was Joe Namath. After that, it was Kenny Stabler. But um, I just found that interesting. I found it today and, and wanted to show it off on the show. Ray Perkins at 79. What a, what a mind he was in football, Bucky. Absolutely great mind. Um, to me, he's synonymous with Alabama. I think about being a kid watching those Alabama teams. Yes, I remember him in the National Football League, and he certainly will go down from his time with the Giants as a kid watching Lawrence T Taylor play there with the Giants. Um, it's something to behold. But yeah, great man. Um, my heart goes out to Mike and his family on the loss of their dad because that is a devastating loss. Yeah. And, and John Perk is and a both big, guys, big influence uh, in our building. Have given their lives and families to football. So again, uh, Mike Perkins, great guy. Shout out to him. Or hearts go out to him. Thoughts are with him, obviously. All right, guys, great show. Appreciate it. Bucky, we'll talk to you soon. John, we'll talk to you even sooner. And we'll talk to everybody again next week on Jaguars Happy Hour. Our thanks to our entire crew for Bucky and John. I'm J.P. Shadrick. It's Jaguars Happy Hour presented by the Fields Auto Group on the Jaguars Digital Network.